0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. You're here because you want to learn about how to live a healthier life, how to live more sustainably, how to take your everyday actions and make them work for you and the planet. Sometimes it might feel like you've got this figured out and other times you probably feel lost. That's why I'm here. Together, we will learn how to live happier, healthier lives without the need to be perfect and always allowing space for a little cluelessness on this journey to living a more conscious life. This week on the podcast, I talked to Juliana Heaver. She is known as the plant-based dietitian. Having a BA in theater and an MS in nutrition, she has bridged her biggest passions for food presenting and helping people. Here we go. Whether you're following a plant-based diet and looking for high-quality, clean, label protein, maybe you're managing severe allergies, perhaps you're committed to eating food that's good for you and the planet. At Joy, they believe everyone has the right to take control of what they consume. After all, in a chaotic world, the way we nourish our bodies is one of the few things we do have power over. Joy was born from the shared goal of creating high-quality, delicious, and sustainable plant milk. Concentrates of these different plant-based milks options like cashew or hemp are perfect for making a glass or using in a recipe. Get 10% off your order with code consciouslycarly. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-L-Y-C-A-R-L-Y. Consciously Carly for 10% off your order at Joy. Add some joy to your diet you on the spot, if it was a spectrum from clueless to conscious, because that idea of the name came from the idea of needing both and using both along the way. So how are you feeling today? That's such a great question. I think it fluctuates,
1: right? I think Mm -hmm. it's always a journey and there's so many things that I feel more conscious about and so many things I feel
0: more clueless about. So I'm constantly on a journey. I think that's the good answer, right? It would probably be a red flag. If someone was like completely conscious, I have it figured out. (laughs) Exactly. By definition, that means that they don't. Exactly. So you are known as the plant-based dietitian online and with the many books you've published and amazing interviews that I was going through, you've done so many cool things. I love seeing Plant based eating out there in the way that you present it. It's really lovely. So, I would love for you to tell us your origin story of where did plant based eating come from? How did that come into your life? Thank you for saying that, Carly. I appreciate that. It's been quite talk about journeys. This has been quite
1: a journey. (laughs) I guess I could start back when my whole actual story of how I became a dietitian, all that kind of evolved in a weird way that collided with the whole plant based idea because I grew up dancing and acting in Los Angeles. And so I was told, I talk about this story when I was about 11, growing up in the dance room, you know, doing ballet in front of the mirror. And my dance teacher was across the room and she called out to me. As I was, you start to watch your body change because you're literally in front of the mirror all day long or every time you're there every for weeks and months and years. And one day my teacher called out to me and said, Juliana, cut out your snacks. <gasps> And this was in front of all my ballerina peers, right? So i literally wanted the floor to swallow me up, but I also was like, what does that even mean? I was so young and I didn't know what that actually meant, but it set me off on a journey that literally transpired my entire career because I wanted to understand, I wanted to know what that meant and weight loss and body image and healthy eating and diet and all the stuff that I hadn't known about previously, obviously. So I was so young and I just started reading and getting everything I could get my hands on, I would read. And this is before the internet, of course, and not to date myself
0: (laughs) in a while.
1: And I stumbled upon this book at about 16 years old called Diet for a New America by John Robbins. And I had no idea how food ended up on the plate. And it was shocking, like the connection between the environment, animals, food, and health, all of that. And I just had (coughs) completely transformed how I thought about things and I'm like, "I just don't want to participate in this. What does that mean?" So, I did not eat animal products. What does that mean? I don't know. I didn't cook. My mom was like, "You're going to be a vegeto what? What is that?" She didn't know. <laughs> and so, I tried it. I tried I did my best at the time and I I was eating whatever side dishes and granola bars whatever I could do. I just didn't really understand it. And my parents being worried parents as they as good parents would be, they staged what I like to refer to as my intervention where they had their friend a nurse Uh, take me, we all went to a steakhouse and ordered a teriyaki steak with a pineapple ring on top. And she proceeded to tell me how I'm going to be deficient in protein, iron, all the stuff. And of course I was nervous. I'm like, what does that mean? That's scary. And she scared me properly because I I didn't know how to respond to that. And I just, I always talk about that first bite because once you know, you can't unknow. And it was really hard for me to eat that first bite, but everything about food is socialized into us. And so I- went back to eating that way. And, but I kept thinking that the vegetarians aren't dying off like flies. So there has to be more to the story. (laughs) So it took me many years. I kept studying it. And the short story is that I finally went to graduate school and nutrition, fell in love with it. It's become so much of my passion. And then with that information and the experiences I had in graduate school and an internship, learning about all the reasons we hear that we need dairy and all the reasons, all the influence Mm -hmm. of the food industry, And the ability to look at statistics and analyze something and find out where indeed you do get your iron from in plants and all of that. And that was it. After I finished grad school, went, changed my diet, couldn't stop talking about it, changed it with my clients. And when I became a dietitian, the things I've witnessed in 18 years are mind-blowing. Something I was taught would never happen. And that was where I started. And it's been incredible ever since.
0: I have about a thousand things to say to different points of that story but a couple of things that stand out to me for unfortunately is just how easily you can change someone's perception of themselves especially at a young age i just imagine one comment from your ballerina from your ballet teacher right and then this stake intervention With a nurse, these things are so crucial, and they might have seemed trivial. Your parents are doing their best and trying to make sure you're healthy, but it's so interesting to look back and hear those. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that.
1: It's true, and you don't realize, especially when you're young and you're Mm -hmm. extremely influential and open, and don't have the context and the wisdom of life to answer those things and. It's a vulnerable place to be. I'm a mother. I've got two teenagers now. And it's. I'm more reflective on what I say and how I say it and how I present things to them because of my experiences. Of course, that's what life is all about. But it is amazing how one little nugget, and you don't know that it's going to stick with you. Like, I didn't know right. how profound it was at the moment. And yet it's completely dictated how I lived my the rest of my life so far.
0: Wow. And it could have gone in a direction that sent you into a really bad relationship with food because that happens a lot too especially in those spaces. Oh, and it did. Oh, I'm not pretending that it was like easy and I was
1: like, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to eat healthy." It has been quite a journey. It is really okay. rough and really rough body image wise. Also, here like it's just so funny like I was a dancer and then an actress and then and a model and then a personal trainer and then a dietitian. Every single one of those careers, people look at my body and decide whether they're going to listen to me or not. Oh, wow. Or hire me, and it's a lot. So that to me has been my struggle, and I really believe that wow. we teach we we in this world. I think we teach what we want to learn, and that's why I'm focused on this. But because of all of the challenges and obstacles in this journey that I went on, I now have so much understanding and empathy and connection with my clients that I'm able to help them transform their relationships. So I believe it's a cool twist on the struggles. I think it's been it's a positive. It's out for the positive now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful that you've been able to tease through that and pull that out enough to make it gratifying for you and your work. Yeah, I can't believe I honestly wake up. I'm like, I can't believe I get to do
1: this work every day. I feel so honored and grateful, and I appreciate it. I love it. I, and I'm always learning, I'm always wanting to know more and never closing my mind to like possibilities, like of what I could change about what I'm currently teaching because things evolve.
0: Yeah, student and teacher. Yes, exactly. So you mentioned in 18 years, the amazing, awe-inspiring things you've seen. Are there any stories that stick out? I know you must have a thousand flooding your brain right now, but what are some of those stories that people just can't believe plant-based eating can do?
1: I have tons. You're right. I have tons of things that are flooding my mind, but I could sum it up into the fact that I was taught in graduate school and in my internship, I spent a lot of time in the hospitals and everything. You're taught that your role, like when someone's on a medication for something like chronic condition, like high blood pressure, cholesterol, high blood sugar, all of the things, that's it. They're on that forever. And the role of the healthcare provider is to mitigate the need to increase the dosage or to mitigate the progression of the disease. But what I've seen constant, and I always say results are typical because my client's reduce or actually get off their medications. And it's like a typical thing. I have to forewarn a lot of my clients and say, make sure your doctor's on high alert. Your blood pressure is right. going to go down if you stay on this medication and it's really dangerous <clears throat> if you're not aware of it. So those things I see all the time, but I've seen crazy things. Like I ran this program at the food bank with this group and people were getting off of walkers. They were on walkers and they were standing and exercising and feeling stronger. And that was out of a movie. <laughs> I was like, it sounds like a movie. Yeah. Stories like that happen all the time. People improve your energy, inflammation, anti-inflammation. So pain goes away. Like myself, I had lifelong sinus infections, always had a sinus infection. I would, I remember falling asleep in school because I was on Benadryl because I couldn't breathe and uh, constantly, and I had GI problems like my whole life and acne. I couldn't get rid of no matter what I tried. But when I changed my diet, all of that went away. So I keep just the little things like that, like acne, which mm-hmm. is in the spectrum of things. But then the things that I've seen people with advanced stage cardiovascular disease and type two diabetes that's progressing, recover from those. That's mind blowing to me.
0: So when you work with people, what are some of the biggest hangups you encounter for people's willingness to adopt a plant-based lifestyle, let alone even talking about being vegan, but just a plant-based diet? There's a lot of hangups, but it took me probably a good 10
1: years of working, trying to convince everyone that they needed to eat this way because look at the science and look at this and watch this person in the before and after. And I finally realized I was beating my head against the wall because you have to want it. Diet is so deeply personal that you have to want to change. So I stopped. Cold tofu, I'm not going to convince anyone to change their diet. I'm going to be there and love them through the process if they want it. But there's plenty of dietitians out there that will... Help someone with any other diet, and that's fine. I stop. I realize I want to help as many people as possible, and that means finding the people that are open and receptive to this way of trying it. Otherwise, it's not worth my time or theirs. It's a waste. Now I'm very careful about who I'll work with, and mm. most people come to me knowing what I teach. But right, I stop trying to convince anyone. And I see that even personal in my personal life. So the people that are closest to me, like my kids, my parents, like. They don't want to do this, and I, I tried forcing and begging and crying and inspiring, and I realized that it just separated us. Me, it put like, it made it harder for my relationships with my family and friends. So I just, you do you, I'll do me, and I will help anyone that wants to be helped. Yeah, but I'm not, I can't force my
0: will on anyone. I have talked about this with guests in the past, but this idea of this angry vegan phase that you go through, where it's just like. Your world has been opened up. You've learned things. It feels like a lot of things you knew were a lie. And you can say that about any kind of eye opening education. But I think there is something particular with the like, I just remember thinking everyone should listen to me because I had figured it out. It was like, look, I feel better. Look, the invite. I just wanted everyone to listen. And turns out that didn't work very well.
1: It's a hard lesson, Carly. It's hard. I lost friends and family when I went through that phase. Like literally they didn't want to hang out with me. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. I'd rather have my friends and family around and let them live their own journey. But it's a really hard lesson when you have something that you're that passionate about.
0: How have you seen the landscape of plant-based eating change in the time you've been doing this? Because for A lot of people that maybe have discovered veganism or plant-based eating in the last few years, there's an abundance of options. There's more information. Some of it's shitty, but there is more, a lot of good information, but things have changed a lot. Oh
1: yes, they have. And I have a warning I'm putting out to all the vegans out there. And I've been saying this for about six, seven years now, because for the first time in my career, about seven, eight years ago, I started seeing these people come to me that were vegans for a long time. But now they would come to me with very similar health issues as the omnivores high blood pressure, high cholesterol, can't lose weight, all those similar things. And without fail, when I look at the food journal, it's not broccoli and tofu, it's processed. all of these processed foods. So, my warning that I'm begging people to be aware of is eat a diet based on whole foods, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices in infinite tasty combinations. And use those (laughs) products that are now very
0: accessible to us. I want that on a t-shirt.
1: Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I have a meme. I have a a visual of it, but yeah, just whole foods. And then those products that are out there, all the vegans were celebrating it. I was celebrating it at first too, until I realized that not only will it make people not well, but it's also if most vegans that are passionate about it for the ethical reasons want to have more vegans and want everyone to stop eating animals. But if there's a lot of research now that's going to start unfolding where vegans don't have any health benefits, the people that don't have those considerations for the animal environment or whatever, why would they want to do this and risk their health? If And if the research right. doesn't show it, there's not going to be any stratification anymore. It's not going to be clear. And the research right. isn't going to support a vegan diet. I think that's going to shoot veganism in the foot. Reason. Yeah, there's a bigger reason to not focus on these foods. We could celebrate them we don't have to like make them our staple foods. I don't think that's going to be good in the long run.
0: That's really interesting. I haven't heard anyone phrase it in that way of like actually starting to skew the data that vegans and they'll have really relied on to show, look at this clear evidence of differences. And that's a real concern.
1: I know, I am really worried about that. It's already starting to happen. I haven't seen it actually published but I'm seeing, I'm just seeing it more. And there is, I always say anything you could eat, I could eat vegan, but now it's not necessarily a good thing. It's great for a treat once in a while. Cause I think we all should have some t- treats in our life and some decadent right. food, but that's not, you can't, no one could live on cookies and ice cream and burgers and expect to be healthy long term. It just, it doesn't, it's not sustainable. Absolutely.
0: So if you have someone who comes to you or maybe even slides in your DMS or whatever it is, maybe it's not even someone you're working with. Cause I know you'd have a much more thorough plan. But if someone approaches you and says, okay, I'm interested in this plant based thing, but I don't know where to start. Like what's your, here's where to start. Cause I love hearing this from people because it's always a little different, but gets people in the right direction. This podcast is supported by North North's mission is to provide unique and innovative cannabis products to help bring peace, calm, and healthy alternatives to their consumers. All of their products have been meticulously designed and formulated by co-founders Brandon and Mike to ensure that their customers receive nothing but the highest quality. Currently, they offer three product lines. Vibes, a THC CBD seltzer, gummies, THC gummies, and fusions, a CBD wellness beverage. I'm a huge fan of the THC CBD seltzer. My current favorite flavor, blackberry mango. Use code CARLY15 to get 15% off your order at drinkthenorth.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-1-5, or hit the link in the show notes. Enjoy drinking the North. This podcast is supported by Parade Underwear. Parade believes that the materials that touch your skin should be as comfortable as possible wherever life takes you. That's why their styles come in a large range of fabrics, from seamless universal that disappears under clothes, to cozy waffles plush comfort that keep you comfy on every occasion, Parade understands that everyone deserves to express themselves however they choose because we're all unique. And Parade knows that there's no Parade without our planet. They strive to make all of their products from reclaimed, recycled, responsible, renewable, or regenerative materials. This is really a win-win-win. I love Parade. I've been wearing them for a while now, and I can't recommend them enough. And of course, we love the mission. Use code consciously.carly for twenty percent off your first order. That's c o n s c i o u s l y. Dot c a r l y. Consciously. Carly. Consciously.carly. Enjoy your new undies. I love that question
1: and that I answer that question all the time. Literally, that's why I was so excited at my first book. Not that I just I'm going to give you the answer, but I love having everything. Yeah, please referenced- plug it. Yeah, no, it's just it was so cool because. I did like the idiots guide, like what, everything you need to know about plant-based diet. That was my first book. And I felt like I was writing it to my teenager self. If I had that resource, I would have been able to explain to my nurse friend of the family, what, how to get my protein. Right. So it's definitely, I would say education, reading, learning as much as the real stuff as you can't be careful to tease out the proper information, look at the science. But the simplest version of that is this, first of all, most of us grew up eating plant-based food. We just didn't think of it like that, like oatmeal or pasta primavera or bean and rice burrito. I didn't think, oh, that's a plant-based meal. It just was. Go to the stuff that you're familiar with. That's the first step. The second step is when I was doing this, there weren't an abundance of cookbooks and (laughs) recipes, bloggers, millions of them, right? There's so many, it's incredible. But so now you could just literally type it into the search engine and find, let's say you're craving lasagna, just write whole food, plant-based lasagna, and you'll have dozens of options. So I tell people just to like, first go with what you're familiar with, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, even I thought the hell they had too. and then find re- look through recipes. If it's online or go find a cookbook, or if you know someone you like their recipes. If you have someone you can follow, like become a groupie and like just do all of their recipes and then you go through the recipes and we know what we like. So look through the ingredients. I work with a lot of people that are just like very intimidated by the kitchen. And I was Mm. very intimidated by the kitchen. I had to learn how to cook and create recipes within when I wrote my first book, I had six weeks to write the whole, my first book plus 50 recipes. I had two toddlers and I'm like, I don't know how to do recipes. That just
0: started to make me sweat. Just thinking about it. Absolutely not crazy. You're amazing.
1: Thank you. It was so stressful, but I did it because I will never miss a deadline, but it taught oh, me so much. And now fast forward, it's been like 13 years since, gosh, that's so crazy. I love being in the kitchen. Like it's my happy place. I go there to relax because I just got comfortable and I just stopped worrying about it so much. And I, now I just have fun in there. And now I've published what nine books, hundreds of recipes, and it's fun. It could be fun. So it's just the people that are intimidated by it. Find the recipe. Recipes are templates. They don't have to be perfect. And someone's already figured out all the work for you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Find something yes. that sounds delicious, read it really carefully, get, make your list, go shopping, try it. If you love it, this is what I did. If I found a recipe I loved, I put a little heart on it. It was on paper back then. I stuck it in a pile. And if I didn't like it, I would just either modify it or toss it. And I just, I yeah. grew a pile. And the final thing that I'll say about that's really important to remember is that people get overwhelmed because it is a complete transition of how you see your plate. And we were not taught to do that. And it's overwhelming. However, if you really think about it, we are all creatures of habit. We all, we Mm. eat maybe one or two different breakfasts, maybe three or four lunches, maybe five or six dinners in a week. So you really only need maybe eight or 10 new favorite recipes. And then it's that's it. And you could just recycle. And then you add and you add. But if you think about it, it's much less overwhelming and more tenable if you think about it in a simple way like that.
0: I really love that because there is some sections of veganism on the internet that I think can be a little intimidating and forceful and make people think that they're failing if they're not making the switch overnight. And the things you're identifying is like starting where you're at. Because this is completely counterintuitive to what most of us grew up knowing. Totally. And I always remind
1: people that there's no, literally no such thing as a perfect diet, no matter what right. it is. I don't care what kind I of like diet that. It, you can't be perfect. I, even the RDA and the, the dietary guidelines from the Institute of Medicine, that's based on averages. Nobody eats 100% RDI every right. day. And nor do we know if that's necessary or what are good because we're learning so much from this research on fasting and like right. health span and longevity that maybe less is more and leaner is better. So like eating less food and less protein and all the stuff that we're so worried about. To me, that's like a deep sigh. If you know what, just do yeah. your best, eat as wholesome as possible. Take your supplements, vegans out there, please take your B12. And then be. I, I write a lot in my, on my blogs and my books about the notable nutrients on a plant-based diet. So just be mindful. I have most of my clients just take a multi that have all those
0: nutrients in it. They yep. really don't have to worry. I want to circle back to about being in the kitchen because I've seen such a pattern with people that I've talked to on the podcast about enjoying cooking more after going plant-based or after going vegan. And I'm in that camp as well. Cooking, I would like ebb and flow. It was never a passion. It was more of a nuisance. And I was a picky eater growing up and all of those things. And going plant-based made me try all these different things where now when I try a new recipe, I'm excited. And that was never the case. So
1: true. It's so true. Same with me.
0: Is there any conversation beyond the nutrition side? Do people come to you with questions about what about this for the planet? Or what about animals. Do people come to you with those questions as well when they hear about a plant-based diet? I used to really talk about that stuff until I realized, you know what, that's not
1: my expertise. I'm not an environmentalist mm. or a, I'm not an environmental scientist. And while I love the benefits and I, I started this for the animals, like really, that's what really got right. me when I read John Robbins book, but it's also win for humans too, and the planet too. So I did, I used to talk about it in my lectures and I stopped. I like I'm going to wear my hat as a dietitian, And that's what I focus on. I read and I absorb and I've interviewed so many experts on all that. I've interviewed John Robbins a few times. I worked with him, which was such an amazing, (laughs) like a circle that was, and so I don't feel like I'm an expert in it by any means, but I support everyone that's looking to do that. Obviously, it's something I'm passionate
0: about as well. I love that. I think there is something to be said about Having knowledge on it, focusing on where you can shine and really help people. I know I have a tendency to try and share everything and that's not always necessarily the most helpful either for people to absorb And then when I was asked the book that I was hired to write was a
1: complete idiot's guide to vegan nutrition and I started working on it I'm like, I don't want to call this the vegan a vegan book because I don't I'm not an ethicist. I'm not an expert at any mm. of that. And I don't want to be exclusive. And so I petitioned to get the title changed to plant-based. That's when that was like a very brand new word. And right. our concept that T. Colin Campbell came up with whole food plant-based. And that's why I called myself the plant-based dietitian back then. Cause it wasn't even a thing. Now it's so funny. Cause now it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. But I just, I don't, yeah. know your expertise. I like, that's how I ended up there with
0: that. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So you have your own podcast.
1: I'm on a pause cast with my podcast. I did a couple podcasts, but the one that I love, love, loved that we just finished was the Choosing Now podcast, and it was basically what in, set off the title for the book, the Choosing Now Diet, and it was all about and what I t- talk and teach is about choosing you and taking care of you so that you could be your best self for everyone around you, rather than trying to take care of, especially as a woman and as a mother. It's like very hard to like remember you have to take care of yourself so that you can do your best for everyone else. And like when you get on an airplane and you have to put your oxygen mask on before you could help anyone else. And again, you teach what you want to learn. And so I've been really focusing on the mindfulness aspect of food and eating in life. And that's where that kind of evolved from.
0: I would love to hear more about the Choose You Now diet and the podcast and that concept, because when I was listening and looking into it, it made me think of something, another dietitian actually that was on my podcast a few months ago talked about that. I can't stop thinking about Lauren Plunkett is her name. It's the idea of what if you ate to love yourself? And she asked this question and it just, it's so simple, but it couldn't get out of my brain. And when I read the choose you now, it had that feeling like, what if you ate and nourished yourself in a way that was loving and that you were choosing yourself is that kind of the, is, am I on the right track? Oh, absolutely. I love that. And there's a lot to the title, just that. And the now part of it
1: is the, it's like the being present in the moment and choosing again and again, because it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, because my goal with my clients and my groups and all of my writing, especially now, and especially with how this all started for me is to get rid of all the guilt and shame on diet. There's so much guilt and shame and I get to, I get so intimate with my clients. I, we talk about everything like life. I feel like food is my, the modality I use to deal with life. It's just my language, but we dig into yeah. all the most things and the things we say to ourselves are so horrific and mean, and we would never say this to someone else. And I hear it from so everyone, we all have these things. So I want people to rethink the word, the language that we use on ourselves, of course, and I have some exercises with that, but also I also want them to love their food. So when people mm. come to me, most of the work I do nowadays is weight loss is the center of it. Like I take them through a weight loss transformation. And I think people just assume you're going to eat carrot sticks and celery sticks and be miserable, but I want people to love their food. And I feel like healthy food can yeah. be delicious. It's like loving yourself, loving your food, loving, like making it a real positive Transition from anything guilt, shame, and judgment.
0: Yeah, because there's so much guilt and shame attached to the diet industry. And that's what it is, right? An industry that is just making money off of people feeling bad about themselves. Yeah.
1: And then I think it's even worse besides the diet industry, what's even worse is the social media. It's like Mm. we watch social media and we consume the stuff where we have, we always don't, it makes us feel less less happy. It's just, it's obviously, I think the research is showing that we're just not, we have, we're comparing ourselves to the best versions and maybe filtered versions of most people that's out there. And that perpetuates a lot of guilt and shame and negativity. And it's hard to navigate that. I'm not gonna lie. I get sucked into it all the time too. And as a mother of a teenage daughter, it's, oh my gosh, I look at it with a different lens and it's really overwhelming sometimes.
0: So when you said that you have gone through all these professions that most of them point to people looking at your body and people assessing you by your body. Are some of the tactics you use with Choose You Now things that helped you move through that and help you deal with your own images and body images or issues with that? Absolutely. That's the whole process. It's like, how do you look at this objectively.
1: In fact, in the choosing now diet, it's like, here are objective tools. The scale is not looking up at you and saying, Oh, you gotta stop eating those cookies. That's not, there's right. no subjectivity there. It's a number. And if you can look at it analytically, like a scientist and analyzing your body, and, cause you're trying, if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to get healthier and analyze your blood work and analyze all the your measurements and analyze very analytically versus getting involved in it. Deeply, because it's very emotional. Choose you now. Again, it comes back to that title. Right, that one little choice is success. It's not the overall thing. Everything that you do, those small decisions you make, is is your ultimate success. And I want to focus on those little positive things and really reward and celebrate. Like like I always say the stupid thing, (laughs) whenever I work out, if I'm busy and I don't have time to work out, I'll literally get in my car after my workout and I'll say, good job, Jules. I literally tap on the back, but it helps. Like it gives you that reinforcement, positive reinforcement. So I'm all about celebrating wins.
0: I think that's so helpful because we have such a dualistic thinking model in our world of black and white. Yes or no, good or bad, you failed or you won. But when you focus on the small wins, you're seeing that there's actually a lot more to celebrate than just that, that one little hiccup you had that made you regress or whatever it is in your journey. Focusing on the small wins is definitely crucial.
1: Absolutely. And then every time you flex that muscle of choosing yourself, it gets stronger. And every time you choose a muscle of, eh, never mind, it's not anything negative, yeah. that strengthens outside of it as well. So, where do you want to strengthen and focus on? And it takes, it's not easy. I always say it's simple, but it is not easy. It is not easy to live in this world where I call it the modern day trifecta of abundance. And mm. part of it is we are physiologically adapted to survive and eat as much as we can to store for scarcity times, which we don't have anymore. And the second part of that trifecta is we're living in this world where, temptation is ubiquitous. You can't yeah. every day, social media, TV, commercials, ooey gooey cheesy pizzas and all this stuff everywhere you go. And people saying to you, and then the third thing is the normalization of it. The third part of the trifecta where people are like, why don't you want to eat a dessert? Or why do you want to not eat animals? Don't you, I know you want this burger. And we've normalized eating unhealthy foods. It's everywhere mm-hmm. all the time. And there's constant bombardment of temptation and your physiological and psychological body and brain Is not adapted for that. Right. So it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle. So you have to want this more than you want the temptation all the time, all day long. It's really challenging. So I think that's what I offer my clients too, because I published all this. That's all fine. It's the accountability. I have tools for accountability. They use me, like they text me, oh my gosh, I'm about to eat blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk them off the ledge. Having accountability is really helpful too, because you have to want it so badly that you have to say no to a lot of things and people struggle with that. People struggle with that. That's not fair. Why can't I have that? And everyone else is eating it. It's really hard.
0: It's really hard. Unpacking so many layers. Food is connected to so many things. And I'm sure you have heard the most wild, crazy, amazing, endearing, sad, and all of the above stories of why people's food habits are the way they are. So you're also teasing through probably some trauma probably name it. That's a pretty connected thing. Food is so integral to how we see the world often. That's exactly what
1: I did in my TEDx talk in 2012. That is what it was all about. Breaking bread. Food is culture, relationships, love, history, religion, mm-hmm. connection. It is everything. We celebrate over food. We mourn over food. We Everything is centered on food and it is so personal. And yes, it is a layer, the biggest onion ever of why we do what we do and how we think about food and how we navigate the world. That's why I say food is my language for navigating life because it's so central and it's so deeply, it's deep, it's very deep. And that's why when I used to say to someone, oh, you have to go vegan or whatever I would say when I was in my angry vegan phase, it's like someone saying to you,
0: I have to take away your what your grandma made for you. It feels it can sometimes feel like a personal attack. Yes, exactly. On things that you know to be true and good and are important. And that's that's a lot to take in. And we have to remember that when we're talking to people and we're out of the angry vegan face.
1: Yes. Yeah. And just empathy. Like everyone has their journey and you don't know where they're at necessarily. you don't know all the things. Like even recently, I've been I've been doing this for so many years. I was like 25 plus years in the health and fitness industry and dealing with this my whole life. And one day recently, someone said to me, oh, wow, I've never seen anyone eat so many bell peppers. And I was like, I know, I know. I was like horrified. And the person got really upset that I got horrified, couldn't understand it. And I had- It's to it. such a weird thing to say. It is, it's a stupid thing to say. and But I was like, why did, but since it's such a stupid thing to say, and I know that they're healthy and I know that there's not a problem, but why did it bother me so much? So I had to do my own soul searching and it brought me back to a moment that my mom. I always talk about this because it was again one of those moments that I was like, it's not a big deal, but it. I still think about this. I was probably in high school and I was on a diet because my agent told me to go on a diet. And I have the I would eat protein and veggies, chicken breasts and egg whites and veggies. Classic. Yeah, yeah, classic. I was miserable. I, oh my god, that was the worst. But I, every day I would let myself have six rice cakes. I was going through a blueberry rice cake phase or peanut butter and jelly rice cake. I loved my rice cakes. And Ugh. I would look forward all day to my six rice cakes because it was like, half, it was like half of the bag was like the sixth. And yeah. so I remember one day I was so excited, I was eating my rice cakes and my mom walked over to me and she meant this with all her love and just trying to support me. And she gave me that look and she put out her hand, canned them over. <laughs> She's trying to take away my rice cakes. And that just, it, for some reason I can't, that's in my heart. Like I realized I remember yep. that last time when that happened with the bell peppers, I'm like, oh, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, and (laughs) and good on you, right, for being willing to dive in and do that. And that takes a lot of work and time and patience and practice because there's a lot of times that things come up and we're like, nope, shoving that back down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: but the only way through it is to go through it and not to shove it back down. I'm saying that knowing full well how hard it is to do that. And I'm not saying that I'm an expert in that by any means, but I'm always trying, again, we're always a work we started with this, for it's a journey. Right. Part of the process.
0: What are some things in the plant-based space or maybe in nutrition or what are some things you're excited about that you see happening? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I
1: don't know. I really don't even have an answer to that. That's what I'm always excited. I see I'm really excited about the research coming out on time restricted eating. I'm a big fan of that. I started that mm-hmm. several years ago and it's changed a lot for me too. In fact, that's what I do. That's what choosing now is. It's whole food plant-based diet plus time restricted eating, plus mindfulness techniques. And I think that's a real holistic solution for a lot of these things for transformation. So I and I love the mindfulness stuff. I'm really obsessed with that. And I don't know. It's so funny. I just announced on my social media last night that I'm like, I've been through some health issues the last couple of years. I'm getting back on track and getting really back Ugh. into the place. And I decided to share my journey with everyone, which is like vulnerable and scary, but I think that a lot of people can relate. And I posted last night, I've got a hundred people. Oh, I want it. everyone's excited to do it with me. And I like that. I like that. I'm able to connect on social media with people all over the globe that I would have never been able to do that with. And we could do all sorts of things together. So there's so many positive things about social media too. Yes. I like that. I like being able to connect with people from my
0: kitchen (laughs) for my year. It's amazing. I could not agree more. That is absolutely the coolest thing you have. I had someone reach out from like Ireland or something about being a listener of the podcast. And you're just like, I'm in a small town in Minnesota. This is so cool. (laughs) That's awesome. I know it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Is there anything you want to share with my listeners that I haven't given you space to do? Oh, you've given
1: such a great space for everything. And no, I just want everyone to remember that it's your journey and no perfection and just enjoy, just make this as fun and positive. If you're on your transition to a plant-based diet or you're curious about it, you're plant curious, just stay positive and love yourself as much as possible in this really- difficult, challenging role to do. That
0: is so true. And so needed. We need those reminders as much as we, as much as we can hear them. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of consciously clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple podcasts or good pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more Conscious Living content? Check out patreon.com consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon! At this point in my sustainability journey, I have tried lots of products. Plain Products is a clear winner not only with their product, but their mission to eliminate single use plastic from the bathroom. Offering a line of toxin free personal care products, Plain Products come in aluminum bottles that can be sent back and refilled time after time. Seriously, it's so cool. All of the products are vegan, non-GMO, cruelty-free, biodegradable, color-safe, and free of parabens, sulfates, and toxins. So it's good for the body and the planet. Get 20% off your first order of Plain Products with code CARLY20 at plainproducts.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y 2-0. Get sustainably clean today.